0: I mean, how we look is one way we present ourselves to the world. But how we use our voice is a prime way that we we share who we are mm-hmm. with others. Learning how to sing can change your whole view of who you are, because it can open you up and make give you a sense of power over the way that you communicate with other people.
1: Yeah. This is the Happy Voice Podcast with me, Heather Meyer-Thomas, looking at singing from a fresh perspective. In this episode, psychologist Dr Courtney Raspin explains the physical, mental and emotional health benefits of The Voice, and tells us how curiosity, creativity and playfulness are important in being a healthy adult. We ask, are there parallels between our relationship with our voice and our body image? We discuss our fear of judgment and how comparing our voice to others is like comparing the size of our bum with someone on Instagram.
0: So I am Dr. Courtney Raspin. And I am a psychologist practicing in London. I specialize in eating disorders, but I work in general uh, mental health as well. And I am here because you are my singing teacher. (laughs) And you... I started singing with you. Goodness, I think something like 15 years ago. Oh my goodness, 15 years ago. And, And you teach my husband to sing. And he continues to sing with you. And he sounds fantastic. He does sound fantastic. He sounds fantastic. He really gets
1: better and better all the he time. He does. Well,
0: he's somebody who's willing to put the time in. Yeah. And, um, yes, I don't know. Is there much more to say? There's
1: a conversation, I think, about about singing. And it's the same sort of thing as, as body image. I am mean, not exactly the same thing. But I think there are lots of parallels. The people have all these kind of preconceptions about what they should be like Mm. and experiences in childhood and and families and everything where people get these ideas about what you should sound like when you sing and especially with all these television programs and all this stuff being you know tuned anyway sorry I'm I'm talking too much but that's kind of what I wanted to do the podcast about okay because the conversations that I've had with people over the years and the emotional impact and the way that people don't do it because the way it makes them feel that they're so negative and that someone's going to think this and someone's going to think that. And I just thought, you know, there's body shaming, and there's fat shaming, and there's slut shaming, and there's voice shaming. And I think that's a hashtag that needs to go viral.
0: I think what you raise is uh, a really interesting point, because you're right in that singing, especially singing with somebody else, you know, it's a it's an exchange, mm. and what you say to yourself when you produce a sound is often going to be a microcosm of the way that you judge yourself with anything.
1: Ooh, yeah.
0: Yeah. So if you make a sound and you like that sound, it's going to be a very different voice than if you make a sound and you don't like that sound. And if you don't like that sound, then you might say, "Oh, you sound terrible," or "That was shit," or "That was," or, that was, or you might say, "Hmm." That's interesting, I wonder, I wonder how I can shift that. Now those are two very different approaches to change, yeah. aren't they? And I think what you do and what's so great about the work you do is you are so compassionate and encouraging, so no matter what sound comes out, there's never a look of disgust that comes across
1: <laughs> your face. <laughs> oh, well I'm very glad. Not, not that I would ever have been disgusted at any sound that you ever made, obviously. <laughs> And I'm
0: not, no, but I'm not disgusted by anything. It's because it's it's us. But we can be disgusted by ourselves. Yes, we can. And a lot of that is going to be about how we were responded to, growing up when we made a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. So if we make a mistake and we we step a foot wrong, we make a sound wrong, be metaphorical here, then how was that responded to? Was it responded to in a ah, okay, well, that's not quite what we're going for here. Yeah. But there was a really interesting thing you did. How can we build on that? How can we... Let's try it this way. Yeah. Let's try it. Let's be playful and open and curious about our possibility rather than, oh, that was terrible. It needs to like be like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and so I think learning to sing is very much a metaphor for how you engage with your own ability to develop and your own view of yourself, and how you judge yourself.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh God, that is so true because the emotional content, I mean, not not just the emotional content of putting a song across, but, but before you even get to a song, you know, people will sit, and before they even start to sing in their first lesson, will have the tissues out. That the actual act of walking through the door and coming to see me has been so Oh, traumatic for a lot of people actually mm. and, and panicky responses and Absolutely. all sorts of fear and dread so what's that about?
0: Obviously it depends upon the person but there is this thing about I can't sing Yeah. You know, I, I can't sing now I know for you you feel everybody can sing that's yeah. a very different position to start from but if you're kind of shamed for your singing or shamed for your voice why would you ever want to actually come and make somebody listen yeah. to you. is yeah. the expectation is that you're going to be terrible and that you're going to not only shame yourself, but you'll be shamed externally yeah. for it. Um, I, and I think our voice is... I mean, how we look is one way we present ourselves to the world. But how we use our voice is a prime way that we... We share who we are mm. with others. And people who are confident and secure, you know, they project, mm. they stand differently. So the body and the voice and people who are insecure tend to sit more, you know, crouched over and the voice is quite you know, small. Yeah. So saying, you know, learning how to sing can change your whole view of who you are because it can open you up and make give you a sense of power over the way that you communicate with other people.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think, I, I always think as well, there are parallels with sport. And people tend to learn sport if they're interested in it. You know, if you want to hit a tennis ball, you might go and get some lessons or golf or whatever. Yeah. But our voices are things that we use all the time that are much more powerful in the world than our sport, unless yeah. we are, you know, a professional. And yet, we kind of leave it up to chance you know, you open your mouth and you don't know what's going to come out and you don't know how to change what's going to come out. But actually, there are always a few little things that you can learn to do, which is why I think, you know, all the kids in the world should, should have a few lessons in voice production because, as you say, it, it, it gives us a frame around who we are when we present ourselves to the world.
0: It is a bit like sport in that, you know, you, you have lessons. Yeah. I mean, I guess some people are blessed with a beautiful voice or, yeah. you know, a, a tone. And fantastic, just the way some people are blessed with raw talent yeah. for sport. But if you don't develop that, yeah, then it really isn't going to go anywhere. And if you're told that your voice is your voice and there's nothing you can do, yeah,
1: exactly. It's 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 a shame in so many. Well, it's not a shame. It, it's lovely when people actually start to think about voices. I mean, the whole point of this, these conversations really are that I want people to think about voices, not in a way that that makes people feel worried or scared, but actually in a way that might make them feel a bit excited. Empowered. Yeah, absolutely.
0: To to know how to modulate your voice. Yeah. I mean, it is powerful because you then have control, a little bit more control, as to the message that you communicate. I want to communicate this message, and I want it to have this effect. Yeah? Yeah? If you, you know, you can control the words you write, but you can also control the way in which you deliver that yeah. in the same way that an actor does. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I think not everybody has those skills because they haven't been taught or they haven't even thought that it that it's something you can do. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely.
1: Yeah, but but also, I mean, the, there's sort of two or three ways of looking at that, isn't there? There's There's also looking at what people have naturally and valuing it without the need to change it, you know, so that the shaming doesn't, doesn't kick in
0: so mm-hmm. deeply. I don't know, it's, it's a kind of tricky one, but... Well, yes, I think you're saying, you know, it's interesting that the, the parallel to, to body image in that, you know, you have all these shows out there that kind of say, this is how somebody should sound. Yeah. So, somebody sitting at home might say, well, goodness, I don't sound anything like that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, I can't sing. Mm-hmm. So, I mustn't sing. hmm
1: yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. And when people sing along, With, I mean, just basic little bits of information and knowledge can make such a difference. I mean, people will sing along with the radio or whatever, and they might be singing a song by, um, I don't know, someone with a really deep voice Mm. or a really high voice, and they can't sing in the same way because physically they don't have the same chords as that person. And so they'll think, oh, well, it's my voice that's the problem. Mm. We don't like doing what we're not good at do we <laughs> or, or it it worries it upsets us mm. and I think that in itself is a really good skill is being able to do what you're not good at
0: well I think it's about being playful yeah it's about maintaining our inner child yeah because as children the one thing we love about children is that they just no holds barred you know they just do what they're going to do, and if they make a sound, you know, they can laugh at themselves yeah. and say, oh, where did that come from? Oh, yeah. let me do that again. That was fun. That was interesting. Yeah. And as we get older, you know, we get kind of narrowed down and put down things yeah. should be. But things think singing, you know, as with all of ours, yeah, gives us an opportunity to stay in touch with our playful child, and that is an important part of being a healthy adult. Yeah. Um, you are not a healthy adult if you can't access spontaneity and creativity and that playful part of yourself. Yeah. So when you say you're not a healthy adult, what what do you mean by that? Well, I think part of being a healthy adult is being able to play and let go because you know, other you know, and be curious and creative and people that are frightened of that or somehow, don't feel comfortable because they're, you know, they're frightened of yeah. that part of themselves they think it's immature they think it's going to be judged they think that um you know they'll be shamed they think that it's you know it's pure oil all of those things you become very locked yeah and possibility there there are fewer possibilities for creating something new or learning something new about yourself you have to be able to kind of make a fool of yourself yeah and laugh at yourself a bit in order to grow because i think there's an inherent sense when you can do that i'm okay as i am and all of these other things aren't going to mean that i'm a terrible person they're just something that i need to learn to do rather than people who kind of can't do that or they're frightened if they do one thing that isn't perfect i'm a terrible person yeah it means it's everything i am if i come here and mess up a song it's like oh okay I'm still Courtney, and I yeah. still know who I am, and you know it doesn't mean that I'm going to walk out of here a terrible person. It means is well, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, let's see what we can do with that. Let's so say. a lot of it
1: is, it's about interpretation, isn't it? It's yes. what things mean, um, and what what things mean to us, and how we interpret a mm. situation, or what we think somebody else is going to interpret a situation as, and that that's really scary. I, I always think when you give that amount of power away to the world at large who, who you may or you may not ever meet or you know, may not ever care about. Mm. You really are losing yourself, aren't you? Absolutely,
0: absolutely. And it, and, and it's a huge risk to come in. So, you know, if you're somebody who in the outside world is, let's say, you know, a confident banker, yeah. and you come in here and you're kind of holding yourself in that confident banker bit, but actually, You feel like a four-year-old boy, yeah. (laughs) Because this is not your skill set. It can be very hard to kind of marry those those two together, and I think that's what can make it so scary for people. Because you come in here and you 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 say, okay, you know, pull your shoulders back. You know, what does that feel like in your chest? You know, breathe like this. It's you do make yourself vulnerable. Yeah. No, you do. It is, isn't
1: it? It is scary. So when you kind of disconnect yourself with with the playful five-year-old who mm. doesn't mind running around the playground making a sound like a you know a motorbike yeah. and then you're a 45 year old lawyer and you're having to sit here and make a sound like a motorbike <laughs> it, it
0: is a bit scary but actually it's liberating as well isn't it absolutely but I think that's where your skill comes in as yeah. well in that not everybody can um, engender that from someone not somebody can can make somebody comfortable enough to do that. And I know you have to coax and cajole a little bit sometimes. Sometimes you have to model that. Yeah. You have to say, like this, and you make a sound like a motorbike. And then somebody sitting here goes, oh, okay, if she, if she can look like an idiot, I can look like an idiot too. And that's okay. Oh, that's such a great yeah advantage, being an idiot. It's yeah. just, it's liberating. You can just, you know, you can come in here and just let go. Yeah. I think this
1: whole thing about About the people who judge and the people who put down... You you painted a lovely picture earlier on of of children running around the playground and and not minding what they did. And when they made a sound, they went, Oh, that was fun, let's do it again. And then somebody comes along and says to that child, That was terrible, and embarrasses them. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, in the case of so many people that I've taught, at some point during their school career, maybe some... don't know a teacher or someone at church or someone in the family has said something that's embarrassed them and cut them off at the knees and Mm. in many cases they've never sung again yes
0: and to me that is abusive that's taking away something so precious i agree i agree because your voice is again it's part of your identity Mm. it's a part of you know how you communicate with the world so to tell a child that Your primary way of expressing yourself is bad, Mm. is essentially what you're saying. That's true. God, it sounds even worse
1: when you say it like that. (laughs) I mean, it is though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It really is. And I think this is what happens to so many people. I I mean, I must compile a list somewhere of all the things that people have told me over the years that have contributed to them shutting down. Mm-hmm. And it's awful. and some of the things actually I suppose may have been done quite innocently yeah. at some point, maybe by a sibling or something, but they, they hit the person at just the wrong time and they weren't able to recover from it mm-hmm. or they took this secret you know shame away and just I mean one woman that I taught. She was in choirs for years and years at school and she absolutely loved music and then she had an experience I think where the conductor or somebody said something and made her feel absolutely terrible, but she carried on going to choir for like the next five years or however long she was at school, doing all the concerts, doing everything else and learning all the music but she never actually made a sound. She just opened and closed her mouth. Oh, I know, I know. I mean, I actually cried in her first lesson. We were here together, both weeping, yeah. and she told me the story, because she loved music so much, but something about that experience had had this horrible effect on her and um,
0: had stolen her voice. Yes, and it had stolen her, you know, it, it had severed a connection with something she loved.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That's horrible, isn't it? Oh, I mean, that is abusive. Can we it's, name and shame on here? Yeah, I'd like
1: to. Not yeah, unless <laughs> they're all called Mrs. Perkins, the music teacher. Sorry if you're really called Mrs. Perkins. I just remember there was one of them. I remember thinking, oh, God. But it's, it's what I call the Simon Cowell syndrome, you know, where, where all of a sudden people are set up to judge others. Um, and, I mean, before we had all these X factors and everything, they weren't really programs where, where artists felt that they had to rely on a television show to, to get them a career. No, no, I mean,
0: but I think you, you, you raise an interesting point in that, okay, not all of us are commercial singers. Mm. Okay. Yes, not all of us are made to be recording artists. So there are those singers who are going to have that level or perhaps... I don't want to say that tone because everybody's tone is different and you can you know we can look at the range out there but if i think singing has been turned into this thing that you do if you want to sound like a recording artist yeah and i guess uh, my question to you is what do you think singing actually is to most people if not that what should it be
1: Ooh, what a fantastic question. <laughs> I think it's the bit of ourselves that flies rather than walks. Oh, Do you know what I mean? It's yes. like sort of vocal aviation. That's what it's like. That's the picture I've got in my head as I'm talking about it. So for me, speech is communication in steps that walks along. Yes. Singing is where it takes off and flies oh. and it doesn't have the same basis I don't know where that came from but I'm it. really on I this so it. I can feel yeah. this in my head so yeah and, and we've all got that right you know everybody can yes as, as they say in Wicked everybody has the chance to fly uh, everyone deserves the chance to fly but it's um and be popular yeah <laughs> no it's not that nobody wants to be popular it's too much pressure um, it's a good
0: song though yeah
1: it's a great song <laughs> Shall <we? laughs> um but so yeah to me that's what it is and it, it isn't really to do with anybody else it's to do with your own experience yeah. of moving with your voice
0: Absolutely, and I think that's where we've been socialized in the wrong way mm. about what singing is. Yeah, you know, that it's a it's an individual experience rather than something that's put on stage. Yeah, to be you know judged by others. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I always think unless someone is is, is buying a ticket to come and see you, they have no business to judge what you sound like. Mm. You know, um, and and this is why. I think this I wish I could get inside the head of the people who feel so sad about their singing I'd love to be able to get in there and just sort of reset something where the outcome of the sound had no there wasn't one you know that there wasn't any outcome it didn't matter mm. in terms of anybody else that it was a an in the moment
0: experience of making sound. That's tricky because usually when you make a sound there's a recipient of that sound. Yeah. So it's just Yeah. Because it becomes an, a relational yeah. activity in a way. So I think that's part of why people have such strong feelings about it because actually you're putting something out there that you can't take back. Yes. And somebody else receives it and you don't know what they're going to do with it.
1: Yeah. Although I agree with that but although I think the harshest critic
0: is is oneself I mean it's interesting because even for me and you know I I always say like I've got a good karaoke voice that's how I describe my voice Like (laughs) I'm never going to be on Broadway I'm never going to be a recording artist but you put me up on stage one night with a few drinks like I I can kill it (laughs) I've seen the video (laughs) and that's but there is a little bit of me that kind of wishes I had an amazing voice. Do you know, there's still that voice inside me that says, oh, wouldn't it be amazing? Wouldn't that be so cool to have, like, to be able to open my mouth and just be amazing?
1: Do you see what I what I think, though, Courtney, is that a lot of people would love that to happen. Mm. And a lot of people hear voices that are amazing and sound amazing, you know, amazing in inverted commas, but what people are not necessarily prepared to do is to spend six hours a day practising and a lifetime of doing nothing else to make themselves as good as they the can possibly be, <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is if you did, you know, I mean you've spent hours and years doing the thing that you excel in. Yeah. Um, depending on the work and the focus that you put in there's
0: always so much going on behind the scenes hard work um, mm. and, and dedication and passion is everything yeah I mean, with anything that you do yeah um, you know a raw talent that isn't trained yeah I mean, okay there's that one or two yeah raw talents but yeah you know i think the benefits of singing psychologically are so great yeah you know? i think even in I mean, the thing that I notice most, of course, to the work I do with people and the work you do is the breath work. Yeah. Is learning how to control the breath. Yeah. Uh, Not taking for granted the fact that we all breathe. Yes.
1: Oh, God. I mean, absolutely. That is so important. I think if there was one thing I would write on the side of a bus to influence the rest of the world, it would be, don't forget to breathe. Don't forget to breathe. (laughs) Take, Take a breath. Use the breath.
0: Use the breath. Yeah. And, you know, what we know about the breath, uh, you know, especially kind of that full exhale and I know there's the exercise you do with kind of imagining you know the inhalation and the exhalation like an ocean and that exhalation where you kind of watching that wave just finish up, up up on the shore is you're activating that parasympathetic nervous system which tells the body to calm down so a long exhale is what you teach people in therapy as well when they're anxious and whatnot to just cuz basically you're telling the heart rate to slow down. You're telling the blood pressure to go down. And you know, when we're anxious and when we're you know, having a panic, we don't breathe in that long deep mm-hmm. way where we're very much in the chest, mm-hmm. which is also not good for singing. No. You have to be in that kind of parasympathetic zone. You have to be full inhales, long exhales and when you sing, you know, getting that sound out. So From a psychological perspective, if you're singing, when I say well, I mean technically well, as in you're using the breath in the right way, you are also calming the body. Yeah. You are, aren't you? You
1: are. It's nice to hear it said sort of scientifically. Ah. The parasympathetic (laughs) nervous system, that's my new best friend. I've just been reading about the vagus muscle or the vagus vagus nerve. Yeah. That's also stimulated by humming and chanting and tone. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So singing really is good for you. It doesn't just make you feel yeah, good. It is really good for you. And that's what, I mean, so many people say, you know, after my singing lesson, I just feel a bit lighter, a little bouncier. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of it's to do with you, Heather. But I, think, <laughs> but I think some of it is the singing. Yeah. You know, the singing. And also, you know, if if you get people to sit correctly so that they can allow the breath in, mm-hmm. it's wonderful. Yeah. And I also think it's the posture as well. Yeah. Yeah, some people who've walked around in life with their heads down. Yeah. And they come in here and all of a sudden you're telling them... I mean, it can feel like getting undressed. Yeah. So very scary for the first time. But once people kind of say, "Well, I can make this sound. I can... Yeah. You know, it can put you very much in your body.
1: And I think also giving ourselves evidence that it's okay, just little step-by-step things. The, the fear of it is, is, is scary because you don't know necessarily what to expect in a singing, ex- it's in singing lesson if you've never had one. But yeah, these tiny little incremental bits of evidence and once you learn that, ooh, actually I can breathe, ooh, I can make a sound on that, and I can do that and it doesn't make you know it doesn't make anybody run for
0: the hills or anything and if I just breathe that little bit differently like I can make that note, Mm. or I can hold that or I can control that dip or whatever it is it's like wow you know you get a sense of competence yeah which is really lovely yeah
1: oh it is but it's interesting isn't it so looking at the well-being aspect of singing and, and I mean, this is another thing that really makes me angry that these people, these hundreds of people, I mean, there must be millions of people actually out there in the world who who don't think they can sing for mm. whatever reason, are all being denied that specific sort of well-being, mm. which is just a crime, isn't it, really?
0: Oh, I think that if I could you know, change anything about our health service, I would say everybody should have a weekly massage and a singing lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about preventative.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's social prescribing, isn't it? I think what interests me, because we've had conversations for years, haven't we, about the mental and emotional and sort of personal... Um, influences of of people's experiences of their voice, mm-hmm. and this is, I always wanted to have a conversation with you before I even decided to have you know a podcast. But it was always your singing lesson, so we were never gonna, gonna <laughs> do that. So I I just think the topic, and I'd like this you know to do this more than just this one sure. time, really, just to kind of keep the conversation going because I'm always saying to people that there are so many levels to singing that yes. it's not just about the sound, it's about the person, it's about, and also it's much less as well, that actually we can overthink the whole thing as well, can't we? In fact, I'm doing that now, probably. But I'm interested, I, I've followed quite a lot of your work on social media and the stuff that you've done about eating disorders mm-hmm. and the way that people have body image. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think there there are parallels mm-hmm. between body image and vocal image or personal mm. vocal image. So I don't know if you like to talk about that for a bit or
0: yeah.
1: so tell me more. Well, it's as we said before, it's about people's um personal judgment about their own sound or fear about what other people think of it. Mm. And certainly, you know, um raising kids I, I've come across a lot of um adolescent girls particularly who have talked for years about their bodies and and what's wrong with them and why they can't wear this and why they can't do that and (laughs) and all these things to do and these are perfectly sort of you know ordinary girls not with any particular disorder Mm. um, as far as I was aware Um, and it's the same with the, the conversations I hear about singing or I can't sing, I can't sing there, that person will think that I'm really flat, I'm really that and so they're all restricted by perceptions or or stories that they've made up in their minds about what
0: somebody else will think, or I don't know. I'm sort of rambling, but you know what I mean. No, I mean it's an interesting conversation. Mm. Um, I think there could be some correlates to body image, in that we are. We tend to compare ourselves to other people, and I think especially in a society where we're constantly being bombarded with messages about how we should sound should look should feel Mm -hmm. it's very easy to forget who you are and what your unique voice is and what your unique body is like and you lose yourself and you just kind of become you you become a projection of of what you think you should be yeah, and I think that's where insecurity comes that's where body image difficulties come uh, and it's challenging today it's especially challenging today uh, so I think there are correlates there
1: yeah, definitely and, and absolutely, I mean today people are staring down the phone the whole time the barrel of a phone, always got <laughs> something coming back at you, a little picture of how you should be or a little picture of of, you know, danger you know, if you do this then somebody will say this. That really, as I said before, if you're, unless you're paying for a ticket to go and hear somebody sing, what they sound like is none of your business. It is none of your business. And
0: it is none of your yeah. business. although as my son would say to my his sister, just be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's to do with sharing a house. Yes, that it? is. To do you, with you know, share. which just got our own
1: flat. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, but we're so fearful of response. We're so fearful of what. Somebody else will say, and if you haven't got that confidence that who you are and what you're doing is absolutely fine, you're always looking for boundaries, you're looking for the borders of, to tell you where you're safe, where you're
0: absolutely. not safe. And I think another thing that's you know, similar maybe between kind of body image and voice is that you know you have all these airbrushing apps. Yes. And you have these vocal tuning apps. Oh, yes, you do. As well. And just as kind of skilled photographers can tell you right away whether something's been airbrushed, I bet you could listen to something and be like, yeah. <laughs> and you kind of think, well actually what everybody sounds the same. Yeah. Now. Yeah. And you know, what what what, text, what texture is there to your voice? What yeah. could you develop in your tone? Because yeah. there could be something really special there that yes. just needs a few bits and bobs and could be something quite remarkable. But the fight
1: that you have to do... I mean, I'm actually speaking to um, Kenza Blacker, um next week, hopefully, who was a contestant on The Voice. Mm. And I remember watching her do her round. I'd never heard of this girl. I was just watching The Voice, which I don't normally do, actually, but, but I did. And they'd been banging on about this other girl who was singing, saying, oh, she's unique, she's marvellous, she's so extra special and different. This girl had sung something, and she'd I think she'd worn jeans and sung a sort of classical song or something, so they'd thought it was terribly unique and marvellous. Gone on about this girl, about how marvellous she was, and then Kenza looked in. And I've never heard anything like it. She was kind of, um, forgive me for getting this wrong, I think her um, background is Algerian. Mm-hmm. And she, to me, had this unique, incredible sound. She was like a kind of Algerian Kate Bush. Oh, wow. um, and this voice that went everywhere and did all these exciting things. And none of the judges turned around. Not one of them. And she was the most exciting voice I think I ever heard on that program and they didn't turn around and I thought to myself this is horrendous this is absolutely outrageous that you're trying to you know they're promoting uniqueness and Mm -hmm. you know people being special and and having something else to give and they completely ignored this girl who was really exciting so I I, I stalked her and found her and got her to speak to me and you know, hopefully we're going to have a conversation about this oh, there um, you go. because what she a story. yeah and the stuff that I think that she's had to um, put up with being able to make her mark as a singer in a world
0: where everybody's exactly the same is really difficult. It, it'd be fascinating to see how she conceptualizes that within herself because she must be a
1: strong woman. I think she's amazing, actually. Yeah. I think she, she sounds to me like someone who is, I think she's given a TEDx talk as well. She's mm. she's really,
0: you know, not See, afraid to stand up and speak. I mean, as a psychologist, I would want to ask her, you know, there, my immediate thought is there is somebody that made her feel good enough. Yeah. Yeah, there yeah. is somebody who said you can be what you want to be, be you, you are, yeah? Yeah. And that's what we all need, and we didn't all get that. Yeah. No, we didn't. <laughs> but we all deserved to have that. Yeah. And I think sometimes coming in with a compassionate teacher is a little bit like reparenting.
1: Yes. Yeah. It is, isn't it? But even better, if we can find that in ourselves um, at some point, that, it, that you don't rely on external...
0: Well, I mean, but, you know, in a way, what you're saying is you're a therapist, you're a voice therapist in the same way that I'm a, I'm a psychotherapist, that you become the object of attachment. Yes. And then that becomes internalized. Yeah. And you take that away. Yeah. Yeah? So, yeah. So first you have to get it from somewhere else. Yeah. And you might not have gotten it when you were little, but maybe you can get it now. And then you don't want to foster a dependency. What you want is for that person to develop their own healthy adult yeah. and be able to take that away.
1: Oh, I like the way you're saying this because now it's making sense to me. Oh, <laughs> excellent. I'm ready to I, let all my
0: clients go. Yeah, I like when I make sense sometimes.
1: <laughs> you do. <laughs> right, you can all leave, you can all fly. Fly out of the rest. fly, fly. <laughs> but it is, I mean... I don't know. So many marvellous things to be said about singing and and so many things to be outraged about that stop other people doing it. And basically I just want the world
0: to stop voice shaming. Mm. Just stop. Mm. Just be nice to each other. Yes, well I want the world to stop shaming about anything. Yeah really. Just be nice to each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd never had anybody say you're a terrible singer. But I have been, you know, you when you you're singing in choir, in school choirs growing up, you audition and they say, okay, you're an alto. Yeah. Or you're a soprano. Yeah. And then you go and you sit in your place and then you believe, because what, you're 10, 11 years old, that you are an alto. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, again, that can be quite limiting. So then you hear a song that is clearly not for an alto. You think, oh, well, I'm an alto, I can't sing that. Yeah. When actually, when I come to sing with you, you know, you say, oh, Courtney, you're arranged of this, and you, because I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe I can do more than that. Maybe I can do, but for so many years, you don't even try, because you're given this idea that this is all you can do. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I... Yeah, but
1: that relates to a lot of things, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, and I think it relates to, to being a good kid and doing what you're told. Yes. And the person that tells you something, you just say, okay, that's what they told me. Mm-hmm. And quite often that isn't the case. That's yeah. not saying that all teachers are rubbish, they're not. Most mm-hmm. teachers are wonderful, wonderful people and very, very clever. Um, but on a few occasions, something is said to someone, or it may be completely misconstrued or whatever. Mm-hmm you know they may say oh you need to sing alto in this particular song because you are really good at harmonizing or or we need another alto because
0: you know can you do that yeah you you can do both but you know you're strong alto and for this song I really want that bit to come out whatever I mean I was my, my singing
1: teacher at school was a really good piano player But she really knew nothing about the voice. Bless her heart, she didn't. That wasn't her job. But Mm. at our school, she was the music teacher, and so if you had singing lessons, she was the person that you had singing lessons with. And she had a fantastic knowledge and a great repertoire, and she was a really good coach. But she wasn't a voice teacher. Yes. Um, and so by the time I went off to music college I was I was very much a a mezzo-soprano alto that's what I was Mm. and it wasn't until I think I'd gone through Guildhall and done lots of professional work that I went back to Trinity and studied with John Wakefield for four years and the first thing he said to me was you're not a mezzo you're a soprano I was (laughs) like hang on a minute I'm 28 you can't (laughs) tell me that I've got all the books. I can't afford to replace them all in another key. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also, there are much, you know, fewer jobs for sopranos. I want to be a mezzo, but I wasn't. He was right. I was a soprano. Mm -hmm. But I had all that fear then. Yes. um, Starting again at that age of having to completely retrain.
0: Wow.
1: Fantastic teacher. Um, And yeah, he was right. Um, And and he's the one who really gave me the confidence to trust my natural process um, and... And just find what's there without the fear. Mm. But it's doing it without the fear—that's the thing. Yes. But he was a great teacher. He was someone who was um, well. You could do what you liked. There wasn't anything bad you could do. It was always going to be okay.
0: Mm-hmm. And it was. But if we all believed that we couldn't do it wrong, yeah, that everything we produced was going to be okay, we'd all be running around the streets singing. <laughs> Well, <laughs> maybe
1: we wouldn't. I mean, I've got a theory that if everybody
0: did, It'd be very noisy. Yeah,
1: if everybody did what they love to do all the time, there would be the world would run really well because there are people who like digging holes, there are people who like driving taxis, there are people who like you know climbing up ladders and fixing roofs, and there are people who like singing and people who like going mm. to space, and we would all manage to do it, I reckon. get out of everybody's way yeah just stop telling everyone they can't do things and maybe we can all do things a lot better it's this control thing isn't
0: it yeah how important do you think a singing teacher is a voice teacher is in enabling people to find their voice
1: there are so many people who can influence your voice and who can give instruction, who can tell you things in different ways and they haven't necessarily got to be a singing teacher. Because my kind of background is, is a mixture of, of music and therapy and coaching and also just being a person enabler, that's what I feel, that's kind of what I'm about. That's kind of my thing, that I want to enable people to, to just say sod it and do what they like. But also that in everything that you do, whether it be a sport or a science or whatever, there are certain tricks and tips and rules that if you know them, they're going to make life a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Whether it's packing a suitcase or playing Mm -hmm. golf, that if you've got somebody who knows more than you, who can tell you how, then it's, it's useful. And so in that respect, I think a singing teacher is a good idea. But I think what I don't
0: like is methods Mm, now there's probably somebody out there for whom that method is perfect yes out there and and that's great but if you don't fit into that method yeah and you're not doing that method then you feel that you're bad yeah i think so
1: i think it's quite easy to to try and find a solution to freeing your own voice through the filter of somebody else's method and although that can be a really good thing because you can learn something great you may learn something great about breathing you may learn something great about projection or how to you mm-hmm. know change your tone or your this that or the other but you may also find yourself trying to fit into a groove which is very much the same as going on Instagram and seeing that someone else has got you know a smaller bum than
0: you <laughs> and, you know I,
1: I just I yeah. don't know I'm not very good at
0: Methods. Oh, it's, it's interesting, because if I relate it to kind of models of psychotherapy, that there are lots of different ways of, I mean, of working with somebody. I mean, at the end of the day, what you're going for is for somebody to, to, you know, to, to, to feel a bit better. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a lot of different ways of going about it. And you can go to a CBT therapist, or you can go to an analyst, or you can go... If you strip away all the methods, and you go back to where it all began, it's really all the same stuff. It's just packaged up slightly differently, and you kind of have to find the outfit that works for you. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, some people really like a structure. Yeah. Some people, they want to know exactly what they should be doing. They're quite rational. They're quite... Um, you know, outcome-oriented and kind of slotting them into a more protocol-driven way of learning or change suits them perfectly. Yeah. For other people, like, that's just, it's just not going to work. It's, yeah. just, it's putting a, you know, a, a round peg into a square hole. Yeah. So why would you do that? Yeah. And I do you, you do with teaching, as with therapy, you have to be, uh, you know, you have your skill set. And, but you have to tailor and you have to integrate and you have to think about the person who's in front of you and what it is that they're bringing. And you have to leverage their strengths yeah. as well to create a treatment plan or you know, a vocal plan yeah. that's going to work. Yeah,
1: It's funny, you know, because I I swore blind I would never be a singing teacher. <laughs> I absolutely swore blind I would never do it. It's funny because when I did start teaching, I suddenly went... Oh my God, this is amazing. I love
0: this. I'm having an impact. I'm having this relationship. Yes. You know, I'm sharing the things that I can do. Well, if you if you have identified as somebody who's an enabler, mm. then teaching
1: yeah,
0: is one of the most powerful ways you can enable.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, if you... Not everybody has the gift of being, you know, intuitive and compassionate and playful. Mm. Um, you know, you can be... A lot of people who are damn good singers who Mm. can't do any of those things, Mm. but to be able to do those things and sing, Mm. you could really change somebody's life. My best outcome ever
1: is where people will ring me up and they'll say, I'm singing at this thing, or I've joined this choir, or I'm doing this thing, and these are people who never thought they could ever open their mouth in front of anybody else, or people's experience is what matters. And... If you don't have to think about it anymore, that to me is a good outcome. Mm. You know, if the fear's gone, or if you just think, oh, sort it, you know, I'm just going to sing this Christmas carol, mm-hmm. or I'm just going to sing Happy Birthday to you, or I'm going to audition for the English National Opera next week, or all the things, you know, all the things that people
0: do. I won't be doing that. You <laughs> maybe not this week,
1: but you know, I mean, I've a lot of people. Thanks for listening to the Happy Voice podcast with my guest, Dr Courtney Raspin and me, Heather Meyer Thomas. Dr Courtney can be found online at altumhealth.co.uk and on Instagram at Dr Courtney Raspin. Please subscribe to this podcast and join in the conversation online. If you would like to share your experience of your voice, I'd love to hear about it. We have a Facebook page, and a group at Facebook slash VoicePod. And the website is vocalist.co.uk. I'll speak to you again soon.